The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Trust the process. Do you respect the process? Welcome back, processors. We had a great weekend of football. I hope you enjoyed watching with us. Uh, man, I want to call it upset weekend. We kind of missed out on one game, though, Ryan. There, there was a close call in uh, one of the games that we thought we were going to have another upset, so it could be like the epitome of upset weekend. But either way, I think we can go ahead and label it as a quote-unquote upset weekend. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would say it definitely falls under that category when you got top 10 teams losing to the unranked teams. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would definitely call it an upset weekend, Bry. Yeah. And, uh, man, it, uh, I, was, I was really hoping that um, the SEC would come out with a bang. I didn't necessarily see it come out the way it did. Uh, hopefully you all checked out our SEC preview. Uh, I know Ryan and I had a lot of fun doing it. We've got a couple more coming up with the Big Ten and the uh, MAC divisions uh, coming back into the fray as well as, I guess, Pac-12? Is, are they even official? I don't think they're official. I, I haven't heard anything about yeah. Pac-12. Yeah, so we actually got start dates for Big Ten, and we got uh, start dates for the MAC coming up. And, um, yeah, we got more football coming. Man, I don't even know. We can. It feels like at times it's hard to handle all the football we have now. Imagine when we have the rest of the conferences coming back. Yeah. So uh, – that's all right. We got some warm-up time, and uh, maybe we're going to have a little bit of help going forward. And uh, that's a nice segue into bringing in our uh, special guest today. Ryan, why don't you intro? Yeah, we're joined today by Max Owens. He's a writer for Buffalo Rumblings. Um, another uh, Medina alumni, actually, on the show. So, Max, how's it going, man? Good, man. Uh, it's good to be on. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. No problem. No problem at all. Um, so I guess we'll just get right into it. Uh, Max, how did you uh, how did you start writing for um, Buffalo Rumblings? So uh, I went to college in uh, Ithaca College. I graduated in 2015. Or I'm sorry, I graduated in 2019. Went started there in 2015. Um, I did sport media there. I, when I was an undergrad, I worked with uh, Chris Rapasso, who's actually also from Medina, who writes for the NFL Draft for CBS Sports right now. Um, so I worked with him, and I really loved it. I knew I really wanted to do it when I went to college. Um, so I really took a love to the draft, like, right before I hit college. And then once I got the opportunity to do a little scouting and learn how to do scouting stuff, I got super into it. I've always been into college football and the NFL, so I thought it was perfect for me. Uh, I really love doing it. I still love doing it. Uh, right after college, I got into um, working with Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, ever since I've been working with them, I just started with um, Big Red Louie, which is a fan-sided uh, 
company um, that's associated with University of Louisville Athletics. So I've been doing little football previews and recaps and stuff for them. Uh, so that's really how I got started. Um, it wasn't anything too crazy, just working with Chris and stuff. Got really super into the draft, and I've always been to college football and NFL. So, Yeah, Chris was actually our, our first guest on here on the show actually he had yeah. him on here a month or so ago so that's that's pretty cool how it comes uh, full circle like that yeah yeah chris is a good guy so he's yeah happy. yeah chris is awesome yeah um so um do you well in, in the outline it says uh did you did you play high school for play football in high school um, i i know that you didn't obviously but <laughs> so i guess since i played soccer with you so um We'll we'll uh, move past that one. But um, do you have a favorite uh protein? Favorite proteins, the Bills. They look good. Josh Allen looks like MVP caliber right now. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Small sample size, but I'm a Bills fan. I've been a lifelong Bills fan. So it's really awesome to be able to write for rumblings and uh, talk about the Bills since I've literally been a lifelong fan. So yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. So I mean, I guess you you have to write for um Louisville do you did you have a favorite college team before that or is it just kind of now you're a Louisville fan or um my brother and my uncle are both Florida State fans so when Mm -hmm. I was super young I took a liking to them um but Teddy Bridgewater right before Teddy Bridgewater's freshman year I started following them um I actually started with basketball because I was a big like I liked watching their basketball team and I liked watching like Preston Knowles and all those guys play for Louisville basketball um and then right before Ted Bridgewater's freshman year I was like I'm this is my team like whatever and then obviously Teddy was awesome and that team was awesome and had a few first round picks out of that team so it made me even more clear that that was my team and I wanted them to be my team moving forward so uh, that's pretty much how it came about, and yeah, they've been they've been my favorite team. I followed basketball and football both pretty close. So, well, just be awesome. glad you yeah. weren't be glad you weren't on Monday's show because uh, Ryan, uh, being a, a newly uh, adopted Miami Hurricane fan, and uh, me uh, taking on Louisville as my adopted team until my beloved Michigan comes back, got to just you know dance on my grave a little bit, and I'm sure he would have enjoyed <laughs> doing that to you. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was a tough game. They just mental mistakes all over the place on defense. Miami's offense, offensive system is awesome. They confused the heck out of defenses. They did that for State this past weekend, which I'll you're right. Talk on. So. Yep. yep, for sure. Yeah, Ryan's got a good squad over there. It took him a couple of years of fandom yeah. before he got a good squad to watch, but I think <laughs> he's got something now. Yeah, he's on to something for sure with that one. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, De'Ara King is my savior right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. all right, uh, let's uh, let's move on to our first game here. Um, Kansas State upsets number three Oklahoma. What were your uh, thoughts on that game? Oklahoma's defense stays bad. They've been bad. <laughs> They're still bad. They look like they'll always be bad. They recruit as good as anyone in the country, and they still can't feel the good defense somehow. Can't, I mean, Kansas State's offense, man, I'm going to give them a little credit. Like, Deuce Vaughn's awesome. He's a little guy. Like, a lot of Darren Sproles comparisons 
Uh, Sproles actually went to Kansas State, so a lot of people are comparing him to Sproles. He's awesome, man. He's a little dude. He's a feisty little guy. Uh, Kansas State's offense showed a lot of good things, but, man, I just – Oklahoma's defense is bad, bad, bad. And <laughs> Spencer Rattler, man, he's impressive. He's going to be a first-rounder eventually, but he was starting to spray a little bit. And some when he was inaccurate, man, he was – missing by a long shot and he had a few really bad interceptions in that game so it cost him uh defense didn't do any favors but rather was a little inaccurate spraying the ball around uh like i said he's a super talented kid he's gonna be a high draft pick eventually but man oklahoma they always have a letdown game i wasn't expecting it to be the first conference game but they they're always due for a letdown yeah yeah, I mean, when I was watching Spencer Rattler, I mean, he he's potent when he when he leaves the pocket. You know, when he's uh, escapes the pocket, buys time, he keeps his eyes downfield, and he was just firing a, a, a few darts. You know, as soon as he left the pocket, so that that was the first thing that caught my eye, really, with Spencer. But yeah, you're right on the on, on those picks. A couple of them were definitely throws that he wishes he had back for sure. And you know what they say about Big Twelve defenses, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the the best Big 12 defense is a really, 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 really good offense. That's their motto. Yeah. yeah it's Spencer, yeah, he definitely um, they turned into a shootout, and he started forcing the issue, and he didn't stay, you know, um, playing within himself and letting his players help him around him. So that's what you get, absolutely. Um, Kansas State, though, uh I want to talk about uh, their quarterback, Skylar Thompson. A little disappointing last week. I thought he uh, definitely stepped up his game this week, though. Uh, good completion percentage. Uh, his yards per attempt were excellent. Um, only one touchdown on the day. But when you got, um, you know, so many other running backs that you're willing to hand the ball off to, they, uh, you know, did a good job with that. Uh, I didn't catch a lot of this game. To be honest, I was sleeping uh, because I had a procedure this week. So the pain pills made me a little loopy. So I just – I made sure I stayed up for the next round of games, the 3 o'clock games, the 4 o'clock games. So I'm glad you guys are able to watch that game. Uh, next on the list, let's talk about Mississippi State and LSU. Did you guys catch this one? I did. I watched yeah. my game. Yeah, this one I was able to catch all of. Um, Max, what was your biggest takeaway from this game? Because I want to see if it matches up with something that I was thinking about. My biggest takeaway is that LSU misses all their defensive players they didn't have yesterday <laughs> or Saturday, excuse me, because they were freaking atrocious. Uh, they missed Stanley in the worst way possible. It was literally the worst time ever for him to come down with that sickness. Uh, it sounds like he's fine, but uh, it's literally the worst time possible for him to get sick going against Mike Leach's offense. Uh, Costello throws for 600 yards. Like they miss Kerry Vincent, they miss Christian Fulton, they miss Grant Delpit, they missed the whole bunch of them there. Uh, it was rough. Uh, their defense looked bad, and that's not normal for an LSU defense. Uh, I mean, even when they were bad a few years ago before the whole Joe, Joe Burrow experience, their defense was still good. Their offenses were terrible, but their defenses were awesome, and it was just weird seeing an LSU defense get absolutely carved up the way that they did the other day. Right. I mean, if there was one bright spot 
on the LSU defense, it had to have been um, Jacoby Stevens. He was flying all over the field. Yeah, he, he was flying all over the field. Looks. Uh, first thing I noticed with him, he's playing a lot of linebacker, like a lot of yep. side linebacker. Um, in most of their formations, he lost a little bit of weight, actually, from what I can tell. He looks a little little trimmer, a little thinned out. I thought he was a little too bulky, bulky last year, a little stiff. Uh, he looks a lot better this year. I thought Ali Gay was actually really good for them as well, rushing the passer. Uh, Mississippi State's right tackle couldn't hold him, like, for the whole game. Um, but he's a first-year guy from JUCO. I marked him down as a guy to watch the rest of the year. But other than that, there was really nothing going on for their defense. Right, right. I mean, I guess going to the other side with Mississippi State, um, KJ Costello, man, he was – I mean, he was in, in, intriguing at Stanford. I mean, and this dude, he was dropping dimes. Like, he looked like Russell Wilson with the deep ball. Like, he just wasn't missing. I mean, he was dropping some nukes for, for sure on the on these deep balls. He, he was accurate, and, I mean, he was firing them into those tight windows when he needed to. He, he looked – he looked, he looked good. Yeah, he really did. Uh, that offense schemes guys open like no other. Uh, he was making the throws. He made a couple couple big errors in the game. But mm-hmm. He was pretty accurate. I mean, I was pretty – I was impressed with him, and I was impre- impressed with their leading receiver on the day, Osiris Mitchell. He looked good. Yep. He was burning their corners all day and night. So, uh, those are two guys I'm watching the rest of the year. I mean, I'm watching that offense – Nobody thought a air raid could work in the SEC, but they they put that the rest the other night with uh how many yards KJ threw for. So right, yeah, that I don't know if any of us could have predicted that. That I'm sure even you know um, even the coach and everybody couldn't have predicted that. Uh, one thing that I kept taking away was I, I don't want to take away credit from Mississippi State's D line because they're very talented in their own right, and that was a lot of fun to watch them. Um, just wreck shot, man. They they were getting in so quick. But losing all those offensive linemen for LSU, I don't think um, many of us were ready to talk about that. We obviously know what they're missing on defense. You know, even Patrick Queen missing in the middle of that defense was going to hurt LSU. But missing your, your starting center, missing your starting guard, your starting left tackle, as well as some other guys that would have filled in on depth were all drafted and or signed as free agents. So to lose your entire starting offensive line is uh, you're not going to be able to fix that in a year. So I think the Tigers are in for a bumpy road. I'm not going to say it's going to be a bad year. They're still very talented. Obviously, Ed Odron is a great coach. They got a good system. You know, Brennan in, in his own right, he made some plays. When he had time, um, he made some plays. Not having your number one wide out in chase is going to suck for the rest of the year. But he's going to make do. And um, – Maybe this is a rebuilding year that was unintended. You know what I mean? My biggest takeaway from LSU's offense was Terrace Marshall's a, a beast. And they got a young freshman tight end, Eric Gilbert, who's going to be mm-hmm. very good. And he's going to be one that uh, everyone who watches SEC football is going to want to watch the next few years because he's going to be an early NFL guy for sure. Okay. Keep my eyes on him. Uh, what we got up next? Real quick. Right? Okay. Uh, real quick, I, I did want to speak on um, Kylan Hill in the pass game. Mm-hmm. He he looked awesome. He looked awesome in the pass game too, and in in particular his um, his touchdown run. Uh, he 
he catches this ball and he runs down the sideline and he it looks like he's gonna get tackled out of bounds. He somehow just keeps his balance and he just hits the burners and just goes in for this touchdown. And um, that 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 was that was impressive by by Kylan Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked he looked good. Not so much on the ground. I mean, he only had uh, seven carries, but through the air, Kylan Hill looked awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I was a little worried about him coming in the year uh, last year. I thought he'd declare. Uh, I thought he would be probably a day two pick. Uh, he didn't declare. Mike Leach comes in. I was a little worried about him. I was worried about what his production would be like, how the NFL would look at him after being an air raid offense. But you could just see, like, he's perfect for this. He's perfect in this system. He's perfect in any system. He's showing his uh, versatility. I mean, he he looks like he's going to be a main part of the offense, even if he's not running the ball a ton. He, he's explosive. He's a big dude. You wouldn't expect him to be fast and explosive like he is, but he really is explosive. And uh, he's going to be probably a top five back in this class for me personally uh, when it's all said and done. So we'll see what happens with him. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, moving on. Let's go to um, your Louisville Cardinals and um, Pitt. (laughs) Yeah. Tough one for Louisville. I mean, they couldn't get anything going. Oh man, Pitt's Pitt's D line is a problem. They're they're so good. Uh, Patrick Jones is elite. I mean, he everyone knew he was going to be good coming in the year, but he looked every bit as good as everyone thought he was. Um, Rashad Weaver is ridiculously good too. He's uh, come on this year. Uh, he had a couple sacks against Louisville. Um, Little looking to move the ball to save their lives. Uh, on the grounds, they just—I think they were sacked. I think Mikael Cunningham got sacked twelve times. Uh, they couldn't move the ball except for one seventy-five-yard touchdown. Uh, actually, Mikael Cunningham ended up getting hurt in the last play of the game. Uh, he was stretched off, but I think he's expected to be okay. But my biggest takeaway was Pitt's defense is probably top ten in the country. Uh, Patrick Jones and uh, sorry, Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver are a problem. Uh, they got Paris Ford and Demar Hamlin, who are also really good. I it was, it was a t- I mean, I watched the whole game because I'm writing for Big Red Louie, but it was a tough game. I mean, I didn't think Louisville's offense was going to be stopped. It was going to be basically them versus the defense all year, but they stopped them. Uh, Ford, Hamlin, Weaver. Uh, Patrick Jones, they all looked really good to me. They all, I mean, they all look like draft picks to me uh, after that game. That was, that was pretty impressive. I was really impressed with Pitt's defense. Yeah, I was interested to see that matchup, especially after seeing um, what Miami did last week to Louisville and their offensive line. I was like, all right, well, they clearly couldn't handle the athleticism of Miami's front. Uh, what are they going to be able to do against Pitt? And, uh, it was a little closer than I actually thought it might have been. I was worried that um, there was going to be a lot of turnovers early and kind of force, you know, Mikel, um to start, like, really panicking and kind of doing um, one of those <laughs> just chucking the ball, living YOLO. I was worried about a YOLO game. And then uh, that didn't really happen. He played he played pretty much within the system, and he did the best he could. That old line is trash, though. It's really bad. I mean, it's too hard tests early, so I don't want to be too hard on Louisville right now. But I think they're uh, they're it's a growing year. It's a big time growing year for Louisville, and um, 
I, I would anticipate as they get into their schedule more, and it, we'll see more confidence. I, I think it was just really out of the gate just to draw these two opponents. Uh, just a tough ask. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, I just – I do think – I think a lot of Mikhail Cunningham, I think he's a, a pretty good draft prospect, to be quite honest with you. He was running for his life all day the other day. Yep. The sideline looks bad, but I do think – I think he's a good draft prospect. I think he's probably – if he plays like he did more the first couple of weeks, I think he's probably in day two pick at this point at the, by the end of the year. Okay. Plays like he did last week and the line's that bad all year, then he's going to have a harder time. But I do think that – I think a lot of them, I think he's got a great good arm. I think he's much better decision maker. He's a good athlete. So, I'm interested to see what he does the rest of the year. I mean, they got Tutu Atwell, who's a game breaker. But if the line can't – the line just got overpowered the other day, yep. and you could just see it from the start of the game. So, yep. that was really the same of the game. Yeah, it's just rough. <laughs> Yeah, I actually I didn't catch any of this game, but um, now I'm definitely intrigued to see Pitt um, the rest of the year after your praise of the defense. So um, Pitt is going to be a team I'm going to have to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I got, um, got a few future NFLers on that team. That's their yeah. unit. Yeah, sounds like. I mean, just looking at the box score, I mean, those, those numbers pop for, for Patrick Jones and, and Rashad Weaver for sure. Yeah. And you could see it on the field when the game was going on, too. They're a problem. Yeah. Hey, yeah, hey Ryan, sure. uh, how's, how's my uh, prediction of them finishing a top 25 uh, school looking for a Louisville? Um, not, we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. It's all, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's move on to this next game. This uh, Texas and Texas Tech. Um, so funny thing about this, I was with, uh, my girlfriend and some friends, uh, when this was going on and, you know, I'm just kind of keeping an eye on the score, keeping an eye on the box. And I look back at my boy, I'm like, oh man, Texas is about to lose. And he's like, oh man, really, whatever. And a couple hours later talking, he's like, yeah, they didn't lose. I'm like, what? They didn't lose. And I go back and look and I saw that they come back and was in overtime. Like, oh my God, they came back and won. So, um, what, what did you think about that game, Max? Man, Texas looks the same as they have the last five, six years. They just – they look the exact same. I mean, their defense is hyped up. They got all these great DBs on their team, and then they – I mean, they just give up a ton of points. Uh, special teams was a mess. Um, they had a two – I think they had two punts blocked. Uh, they had a muff punt that went for a touchdown the Special teams was a mess. And honestly, Sam Ellinger wasn't super impressive to me. I mean, he was sleepwalking through the first three quarters of the game to the fourth quarter when they had to make a comeback. Uh, the stats are okay, but, like, Houston Baptist quarterback threw for 570 yards against Texas Tech week one. So I was expecting a little bit more from Sam Ellinger. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it was a little bit different, Texas, that they came back and actually won that game in overtime. But – Overall, Sam Unger slept walk through the whole game except the fourth quarter. Texas defense still underwhelming, even though I do think they had the most talented defense in the Big 12. It was just – it wasn't there for them. I mean, they gave up 40-plus again. Like, they just looked miscombobulated like they had the last five, six years. I'll wait and see because they did win the game. I'm not going to dog them too much, but 
And I, I wasn't super impressed. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Texas Tech is not a good Big 12 team, in my opinion. Uh, so it was a rough game for Texas. They won the game, but we'll see how they are moving forward with Oklahoma losing. And I don't think the Big 12 is really necessarily good by any means this year. I think it's a down year for the Big 12. Yeah, probably not going to feel the team in the playoffs, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't – definitely not. Right. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't watch too much of this game either. I, I was out and about, but um, yeah, during our our, our preview, we kind of kind of said, you know, Texas is pretty much like the same offense they had last year, minus a couple pieces here and there. But mm-hmm. um, I didn't get to see much of it. But did you see how um, Samuel uh, Cosme was by chance? Did Did, did he look good? Did he, yeah. Uh, I wasn't paying super close attention. I think he was mm-hmm. fine. I was not expecting him to have trouble against Texas Tech's front, to be quite honest with you. Uh, right. but he was fine. I mean, he's still a great prospect. I expect him to have a good year this year. We'll see what happens. Uh, long season, a lot of ways to go, and Sam Cosme has, still has a long ways to go. But I still think he's a first-rounder, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I wasn't paying super close attention, but – I'll go back and rewatch it at some point, but I don't think he should have had any trouble with text front. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, Brian, do you have any more to add on that game? Uh, no, it, I was just, I watched the whole game. It was a lot of fun to watch. I like big 12 football when it's a complete shootout and just, you know, overtime is always fun. And so as far as not scouting and enjoying watching uh, prospects, um, take growth or uh, take steps that you weren't expecting. More or less, I just took it as a football fan of, wow, this is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. P- p- uh, people like offense and high scores, and that and that definitely um, filled the bill for that one for sure. Yep. So, um, Florida. Florida and Ole Miss. Th- this is a game I was flipping uh, b- back and forth with between uh, Oklahoma and Florida. Um, yeah. Kyle Trask looked good. What do you think, Max? I think Florida's got a chance to be a playoff team the way they looked. I mean, they've got players at all all three levels of their defense. Kyle Trask looked as good as you could possibly look. I mean, there's the battle for QB4 right now behind Lawrence Fields and uh, Trey Lance. So he's looking like an early QB4 candidate for the draft. Kyle Pitts is ridiculously good. He's insane. He's athletic freak. He's probably going to end up being tight end one. He'll probably be a top 10, 15 pick in the draft. I don't care if he can't block or I don't care. He's just, he's insane. Um, I thought Kadarius Tony is extremely explosive player. I thought people were a little low on him coming into the year. Uh, he made a good name for himself this this week against Ole Miss. Ole Miss defense is anything to shout about by any means, but I thought he looked good. He's a super explosive dude. Uh, caught a touchdown, had a handful of catches at least um, off the top of my head. So he looked good. Uh, Brent Cox, former uh, Georgia transfer. Uh, I think he was actually booted off the team, uh, landed at Florida, former five-star defensive ends, uh, outside linebacker, edge rusher. Uh, he looked very good. I thought he looked explosive. He looked chiseled up. He looked really good. I was really super impressed with him. And then Benchel Miller, uh, he looked good too. He's been a productive player um, since he's been at Florida, and he had a huge game. Uh, he was all over the field for them. So I, I was super impressed with them. 
I know they have a few defensive backs too that um, aren't slouches by any means. I want to watch them as the year goes on because they are they have been young the last few years. Um, but I want to see I want to see how they do against like a real defense. I want to see Kyle Traskin's real defense. Ole Miss isn't a real defense. Uh, Florida looks insane. Uh, they got super super talented team. Uh, I think they got a chance to be a playoff team. Uh, as barring any injury of any sort to Kyle Trask or any of their huge players, they I think they got a chance at the playoff. To be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they, they were just ex- explosive. They're fun. They were just they were just all over the place. But on the other side of the ball, um, Elijah Moore, he's going to be a problem. Elijah Moore is is good. He's fun to watch. He's fun yeah. to watch, man. Yeah, he reminds me. Uh, reminds me a lot of Calvin Ridley coming out. Uh, okay. He's not a big dude by any means. Slender guy, uh, small dude, but he's excellent getting getting off press for a small guy. He runs great routes. He's explosive with the ball in his hands, which sounds to me like a lot like Calvin Ridley. Looks a lot like Calvin Ridley when he plays. And he uh, he was a problem for the Florida DBs, obviously. I mean that's. Yeah. That's huge numbers. I expect him to put huge numbers up all year. He's their he's their go-to dude in that offense. Uh, so I I like I like Elijah Moore a lot. I think he's probably at this point people are gonna look at him as a day two pick. But I mean, he's not a big dude, and I know people were dogging Kelvin Ridley when he came out for his build. Uh, but man, Elijah Moore's as good as it gets in college, and I fully expect him to have a massive year this year in that offense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt Corral looked decent too. He didn't look, he didn't look too bad. Yeah. He, he had a couple um, pretty, pretty good throws. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the Ole Miss offense is uh, um, pretty fun. Pretty yeah. fun for sure. They for sure are. They got a young guy in uh, Jerry on Ely running back. Yeah. Rick Wilson, dude. Uh, he's only a sophomore, but I like him a lot as a couple years down the line as a pr- prospect. For sure. All right. Um, so that's it, right? The, what? Is that the end no. of the list? No? No, we, we still have the uh, main event. Um, hmm. I know Max had said something about um, um, geez. Uh, Kyle Pitts as tight end one. I think it's Bre- – I'm kidding. It's it's Kyle Pitts. But Brevin Jordan uh, – <laughs> I like him a lot too. Brevin Jordan's good. But, um, yeah, Max, what's your what's your thoughts on uh, Miami? Are they the real deal? Should they, should they have been moved up to eight? Uh, what do you think? Uh, yes, I do think Miami is the real deal. Um, the only thing way that I see Miami getting exposed this year, uh, I don't think their linebackers are good. I don't think their secondary is all that great, uh, but their front front four is as good as it gets in college. Jalen Phillips is a guy that I was expecting to have a big year. He got after transferring from UCLA is like the former number one overall player in uh, the class a few years ago. Uh, he went to UCLA, transferred to Miami. He's looked super explosive. I know he got ejected from last game for a couple on sports and legs, but he looks really good. Uh, Quincy Roche is really good. I mean, they got two of the best. They got probably the best edge rusher tandem along with Pitt and the ACC and maybe the country. Uh, 
I mean, their offense is explosive. They got Cameron Harris I really like. I wasn't expecting him. He's another guy that you look at. He's like big rocked up dude, but he's fast as heck, and he's got – he's smart with the ball in his hands. He's got great vision. I like what I've seen from him so far. Brevin Jordan's a crazy huge piece of their team, and he's going to be a high draft pick. I'd, um, For anyone that's, like, only familiar with the NFL uh, – maybe a little Bills football. I compared him to Charles Clay before the season, like a little souped-up Charles Clay. He's got the same kind of build, plays the same kind of way. Um, and then Derek King, he's huge for their team, man. He's massive for their team. Uh, he's great athlete. He might not ever make it in the NFL as a passer, but he looks pretty good throwing the ball around. I mean, I, I'm not going to dismiss him completely as a quarterback and at the next level, but – not a big dude. He's fast as heck. He got. A, he's a problem running the ball. I. He made huge throws last game against Louisville and this past game against Florida State. Just under pressure, dropping dimes. Like, I don't think you can completely dismiss him as a quarterback prospect. But uh, his running ability is gonna. And Cameron Harris, and they got a couple of young kids and Jalen Knighton and uh, Don Chaney. They're ridiculously talented kids. Um, they're going to be really good. I'm not super high on the receivers, but they don't really need any receivers with how good their run game is and how good Brevin Jordan is. Yeah. Um, speaking on the um, receivers, I was hoping to see uh, Mark Pope kind of take a step in his game, which he had a decent game um, Saturday. You know, yeah, they're, they're kind of just just guys on, on a wide receiver, you know, with, with Mark Pope, Mike Harley. Um but yeah, like like you said, all they need is, is uh, Brevin Jordan and uh, De'Aaron King's legs, really, and I think they're going to be um, decent. Um, Florida State, what do you what do you what's what's going on with them, man? So, I probably follow Florida State as a whole, the second most behind Louisville football for college. Uh, they've been through the ringer with coaching, and they stopped recruiting offensive linemen for a couple of years, basically when. Jimbo Fisher was still with the team. Uh, they could look. They kind of gave up on the on that team. Uh, offensive line has gone completely down the drain. Quarterback play is in the toilet at this point. They can't move the ball on offense. Uh, defense. I just. I don't. I don't know what's going on with the defense, man. I really expected pretty big things from their defense. Martin Wilson's. A, I thought coming in was an easy first round lock. Uh, he hasn't really done too much, and he's had some pressures. But he hasn't done as much as I thought he would. Um, Josh Kando, who's a former five-star, got hurt first game. He's been hurt his whole career. He's got all the talent in the world, but he can't stay on the field. Hamza Najaldine, who I expect to be a first-round pick as long as he plays some this year, hasn't hit the field yet this year after injuring his knee uh, last year against Florida. So they're banged up, but and Sante Samuel is really good. I mean, he's played well. He's the only one that I thought have, has lived up to his billing this year. Uh, they're not schemes very well on defense, and it doesn't help that their offense is so putridly bad that they have to have 80, 90 plays run up on them in a game. It's not healthy for a defense, and they're probably out of the game. And they don't. I don't think they have any confidence right now, to be quite honest. I know that my, Miami's certainly a better team, but I don't know that they're 45, 50 points better than Florida State at this point, talent-wise at least. Right. Right.
Yeah. Well, we did our ACC preview. I started looking at the recruits that they've had come in the last couple of years. And I was like, maybe this is fun of the year that we see the prospects actually develop mm-hmm. and actually turn them into legitimate NFL talents. And because that's what FSU is supposed to do. They're supposed to be doing this. But once again, it seems like another lost year where they have some names, but the names aren't taking that step forward. It's really, uh, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, they've got some bad eggs on that team. No doubt about it. Tamori and Terry hasn't done anything this year. I was expecting a big year from him. He hasn't done anything. Um, I think that has to do a lot with quarterback play and offensive line play, but he has done nothing. So um, I'm sure there's a lot of frustration built with that team and uh, guys like Marvin Wilson, Asante Samuel, Hamza Nazarene, probably just playing more so not to get hurt than anything at this point. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Asante has been great. Um, I'm high on him as a slot corner. I think the Bills could actually use him a good amount right now uh, with their slot corner play, how bad Bill's slot corner play has been. I think he'd be a perfect for the Bills if they choose to pursue that path. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're just a mess right now. They need, they need a couple years of Norvell and, uh, not being able to have an off season in his first year, tenure as coach is, uh, pretty rough on that, on that team. That's been pretty beat up mentally and physically the last couple of years. Right. Right. Um, Brian, do you have any more games you want to talk about or, um, touch on? No, it's just, I think, uh, I was going to dub this week. The, uh, the coming out party. There are some quarterbacks that really put themselves out there. Now, we knew about Trask, but, you know, there's some other quarterbacks, obviously KJ, um, Mississippi State, going bonkers. But I thought this was a, a good showcase weekend of some guys that necessarily weren't talked about leading up to this weekend, but uh, definitely took a ch- the chance to uh, show the nation what they got. And that, that was fun to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. So I guess before we uh, close out here, Max, um, I guess this this kind of a two-parter. Uh, coming into this 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 college football season, who were some of your favorite, you know, players or, or prospects that you're that you're looking forward to in the draft? And I guess in this early season, have you seen anybody, you know, kind of start to emerge or put their name into that that draft talk? Um. So I got bunch of names down actually uh, that I've been writing up the last few weeks since the season started. I was actually really looking, I know Pac-12, I know I heard you guys talking about before we started here. Um, the Pac-12 is playing in November. They're playing a seven game schedule. So they'll be playing, which is good. Um, but I was actually really looking forward to Oregon. Um, not so much their offense. Their defense was going to be ridiculous. They probably were going to have the best secondary in the country. I wanted to see Javon Holland play another season. Uh, he has opted out, so we're not going to get to see that, unfortunately. But um, Javon Holland was someone I was looking forward to watching. Uh, unfortunately, he opted out because I think he does have some athleticism questions, so we'll see how he patches that up at the Combine. I think that'll be a big question mark with him. Uh, he's super talented, super smart player. He's just athleticism might limit him, so we'll see. Um I was actually really looking forward to watching Hamza Najaldeen. I think he could have taken the next step. He's he's one of the biggest athletic marvels in this draft on defense, I think. Uh, the fact that he hasn't played his hurt before State, like I said, and it, it sucks for all college football because he's a great player. Um, 
other than that, I mean, Jalen Waddle, ridiculous the other night. I mean, people had high expectations for him after being basically the fourth receiver, third, fourth receiver in that offense his first two years. Uh, he was ridiculous. I mean, he looked great. He looked the part everyone wanted him to be. Um, I was really impressed with Terrace Marshall. Like I said earlier, he's he's going to have a chance to work himself in the first round consideration. Uh, we'll see with him. I, I think he's he's a good athlete. I don't think people realize how good of an athlete he is as a whole. He's a big guy. Uh, had a beautiful one-handed catch in the end zone the other day. So I have big expectations for him, especially after seeing his performance in their first game. Got a little overshadowed by them, literally by them actually losing to Mississippi State, obviously. But um, bunch of guys, man. I mean, Elijah Moore looks really good. I thought Richard LeCount on Georgia looked great. Uh, Georgia was in a struggle with Arkansas for like the entire game. They've had the JT Daniels hasn't been cleared yet. Uh, I thought Richard LeCount was huge for them and a huge reason they actually won that game. Um, who else do I have here? I th- like I said, Ali Gay is someone I think that people should be watching for. Um, Devontae Smith with Alabama as well. I didn't mention him, but he had a pretty good game as well. I Nothing too, super insane. They're playing Missouri. So, yeah, I take everything with a grain of salt. But um, I said those two receivers have a huge year. Um, as far as running backs go, I know Chuba Hubbard got off to a little slow start his first week. Uh, last This past game, he, he started off slow and picked it up towards the end of the game. So that was nice to see. I, I, I'm really, I'm, I've been, I like this draft class a lot. I think there's, there's corn, there's a lot of corners, Patrick Sertain, and there's a lot of guys who need to make an impression. And it's going to be a weird year for the draft too. Um, COVID's going to mess with the draft so much and all these opt-outs and guys only having one, so many guys, more than ever having one year of film. It's just going to be really hard for, uh, people who evaluate the draft, like myself and others, like uh, Chris and I know you guys had Joe Marino on, right? Yeah. You guys yeah. On? So guys like that are going to have trouble uh, evaluating, but also just like actual teams are going to have a hard time evaluating because one year guys are the biggest unknowns in the world. It could just be a fluke. It could be anything. Uh, so it's going to be a weird year in the draft. So uh, guys are going to have to emerge in – uh, the fall, and we'll see what happens from there with uh, the shortened seasons and stuff. Right. Um, all right, Max. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Where can the people find your work? Uh, so you can find my work at Max underscore the ultimate on Twitter. Uh, that's my at. And uh, I'm on, like I said, I'm on bigredlouis.com. There's usually articles of mine up there. Like every other day, I do game recaps and uh, previews. I'm working on something for Buffalo Rumblings right now and previewing uh, early draft needs. Uh, so that should be coming in the next few days. Uh, so look for that. That's at just at buffalorumblings.com. Uh, so that's where you can find me. Uh, that's, that's, about, that's about the only way you can find me. I'm pretty low key. I tweet about the games during, I tweet about the games all day on Saturdays and Sundays on max underscore the ultimate. So uh, if you want to follow me over there, I got lots of hot takes to go around. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. awesome. <laughs> all right, Brian, any closing thoughts? No, that was awesome. Um, max, it was uh, nice to get to know you a little bit here. Um, thanks for hopping on, helping us out. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on to do a couple more just like this. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a lot of fun. Of course. All right. You got anything? Um, no, I think I'm good. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to lead us out with the uh, the Miami uh, fight song or? Nah. 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 I mean, Matt can edit that in if he wants to. I mean, I'm not gonna sing it or nothing. <laughs> I'm not talking about to start like beatboxing out here. Am I? Woo! Is that it? Did I? No. Okay. No, no, that was was rough. Okay. Well, perfect way to end the episode with me uh, making it crash and burn. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, until next time, keep on processing that process. Do you trust the process? Respect the process. Come on, get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown. We got to drive 75 yards. All right, we can do this thing believe in each and every one of you but real quick did you guys know that the two-point conversation podcast runs five days a week monday through friday with various co-hosts and different themes every day and then you can listen to them on bicbp-radio.com apple Podcasts, or spotify so what's the play just all right just come on hurry up get to the line and just run and i will get it to somebody all right come on on three Ready, set, mother. Delay of game, offense.